We're going to continue our study of of Acts. So if you want to turn in in your Bibles to Acts chapter 13, we're going to pick up kind of where we left off. Where we left off last week, Paul and Barnabas and and John Mark were on a mission trip through Paphos. And, And that's kind of where we're going to pick up this morning. Now we saw last week the spiritual warfare. We saw the opposition to the gospel that, that Paul confronted. And, uh, and now we're going to see the rest of that, uh, that, the journey. Really, Paul preaches a great sermon in this section, and so we're, we're, we're actually going to have to take it in parts because it's, uh, it's long, because everything Paul says is long, and, and because uh, it, it's, it's so meaningful. So we're going we're gonna to take a portion of it this morning. Now, we're going to also see John Mark leave. we got Paul and Barnabas and John Mark, and John Mark's going to say, that's it, I'm out, and go back home. Now, we talked a little bit last week about the, the difference between the, the missionaries that are sent and the ones that went. John Mark went. He went along. And whether it was the opposition he faced, the spiritual battle he faced, whether it was homesickness, we really don't know why, but he just takes off. He just goes back home. And I think uh, I want to just uh, I want to point out there's a couple of good lessons for this. First of all, uh, the, the, make sure that you're called to the ministry you're doing. I mean, be sent, not just went, because it's hard to continue to uh, to, to have the energy and uh, to engage in the spiritual battle if you're not really sent to that ministry. So that's the first thing. And, but the second thing is, don't think that opposition to the ministry that you're doing is, means that God's not in it. In fact, it might mean, and, and quite often does mean, that you're just in enemy territory. You're just facing a spiritual battle, uh, your spiritual warfare, because you're in the enemy's territory doing the ministry God's given you. So, so we're going to see uh, how, how Paul takes on this, this role of teacher uh, as we go through this, uh, this section this morning. So Acts chapter 13, we're going to pick up in verse 13. It will be up here behind me. We're going to go through uh, verse 26. Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. But John left them and went back to Jerusalem. They continued their journey from Perga and reached Pisidian Antioch. On the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down. After the reading of the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, you can speak. Paul stood up and motioned with his hand and said, Fellow Israelites, and you who... You who fear God, listen. The God of of this people, Israel, chose our ancestors, made the people prosper during their stay in the land of Egypt, and led them out with a mighty arm. And for about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. And after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance. This all took about 450 years. After this, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. 
After removing him, he raised up David as their king and testified about him. I have found David, the son of Jesse, to be a man after my own heart who will carry out all my will. From this man's descendants, as he promised, God brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus. Before his coming to public attention, John had previously proclaimed a baptism of repentance to the people of Israel. Now, as John was completing his mission, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not the one. The one who is coming after me, I am not worthy to untie the sandals on his feet. Brothers and sisters, the children of Abraham's race, and those among you who fear God, it is to us that the word of this salvation has been sent. So let's, let's kind of work our way through this. First of all, we, we saw this last week, and, and I said last week, the first place Paul goes is to the synagogue. And I said last week that, that that's kind of comfortable territory for Paul. He was trained as a Pharisee, so, so going to the, to the synagogue first is comfortable territory. And it's important to engage fellow believers in the spiritual warfare that you're facing. So we saw that last week, but we really need to understand what the synagogue is or was at this time in history. The synagogue was a place, uh, it was very much like a, a, a community center. It was a house of worship. It was a place of instruction and education. It was a gathering place for, for fellowship with other uh, believers. So if you wanted to get into a, a town and connect with the Jewish believers, the synagogue was the place to go because that's where they hung out. They did more than just worship there. They did so much more there. So there's an immediate spiritual connection for Paul at the synagogue. And honestly, it's an easy place to preach the gospel because they already believe in God. They already believe that there is a Messiah coming. And so all Paul had to do was lead them to see Jesus is the Messiah. He didn't have to start with, well, there is a God, and, and that God created you. They, they believed all of that already. So all he had to do was start from, you know there's a Messiah coming. Jesus is that Messiah. So you can see why Paul consistently goes to the synagogue when he, when he reaches a new town. And we see here that there are some real similarities between what Paul preaches and what Peter and, and Stephen pre preached as well. Like, like Peter, Paul makes a very clear presentation of the gospel, what happened with Jesus Christ. And in fact, we'll see next week, he, he pins it on them again. You know, Peter continually said, you guys killed him. You guys are the ones that killed him. The Jews are the ones that killed him. Paul's going to do that too, and we'll see that next week. What we see this week is just a, a clear presentation of the gospel. And we see, like Stephen, he starts with the history of the, of, of the Jewish people. What Paul's trying to get us to do is see our history as his story. Our history is his story. The, the, the history of the Jewish people, the history of the Israelites, is the history of redemption of God. And Jesus is the culmination of that. He's the, the fulfillment of that plan of, of redemption. 
That's what Paul is getting them to do, and that's what I'm going to suggest you do. I want you to consider your past as part of the path of redemption. We need to, to start looking at our history and, and, and our, our personal history, the things that, have, that, that we've gone through in life, not as a collection of memories and not as a bunch of stuff that happened to us or that we did, but as God's plan in it to bring us to today, how he has cared for us, how he has protected us, how he has guided us, how he has provided for us. We need to see that in our history. That's what Paul leads them to do in their history. So he starts with his story of redemption in Egypt. Now he starts out here, the first verse we read, it says, Paul stood up and mentioned, motioned with his hand and said, Fellow Israelites, and you who fear God, listen. Well, that word listen would have hearkened back to the Jewish uh, great Shema. Hear, O Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one in Deuteronomy 6. Every Jew knew the, the great Shema, the great hear or the great listen. So it would have immediately tapped into their tradition, their, their knowledge of who God is already. And so he starts with the people in Egypt, the Exodus event. Now, you probably know this already, but I think all, it is my opinion that all that we know about redemption in the New Testament is taught to us in the Exodus event. So we see the, the plan of God's salvation, we see redemption all through the Exodus event. Think about, think about the similarities. Moses is chosen as a leader to bring the people out of slavery. Jesus is sent to bring us out of slavery to sin. We have the, the blood of the lamb on the door, uh, that first Passover. The blood of the lamb on the door makes the, the, the angel of death pass over that house. The blood of our Passover lamb, Jesus, makes death pass us over. We live forever. The guidance of the pillar of cloud and fire and how the spirit of Christ, the light of the world, guides us. The 40 years in the wilderness replicated by Jesus in the 40 days of, in the wilderness of temptation and replicated by every one of us in those wilderness times in our lives, the times that we're wandering the wilderness and being tempted being led to the promised land by Moses and us being led by Jesus to the promised land, the new Exodus. So you see, there, there are many touch points. There are many places where we see New Testament uh, redemption replicated by, the, uh, by what happened in the Exodus. We see it again and again. And then he, then he goes through the times of disobedience. Now, the, the, Paul talk, brings up the judges, and he really only just mentions times of the judges because all of the Israelites were a bit embarrassed about the time of the judges because the judges were a time of great disobedience. They, God did not want them to have judges, yet they had them. They elected them themselves, and most of the judges led them away from God. So God sent Samuel the prophet, which he mentions, to bring them back to him. 
Then, then they wanted a king. Now, God told Israel that he was their king. But they still wanted an earthly king. So he gave them one. He gave them Saul. For 40 years, it says. Saul, the son of Kish. For 40 years. But then God brings us David. And we go from David to Jesus. This, in, in this section right here, we see the, the whole... Uh, you see all of this history, 450 years just covered in, in nothing flat. And now he slows down. Because this is the point. The point is David and Jesus, the center of this sermon. In verse 22, he says that God raised up David. And then later he uses the exact same words to say God raised up Jesus from the dead. So he's connecting the two for us. And, and David is... David is special because every Jew knew David. Every Jew knew David the king. Every, all of them worshipped, essentially, David. They understood David. And so Paul brings David into this discussion to say, look, it, David was a special part of God's mercy because they wanted a king and God didn't really want them to have one. So what God did was put David in as king, a man after his own heart, as it says. So he gave him a king, but a king that would follow them, follow him, a king that would bring them back to him. That was the point. And then from David, we have the promise given to David that because he's a man of, uh, after God's own heart, he would, he, God would put someone from David's bloodline on the throne forever. And that's ultimately fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus is the one who comes from David's bloodline and is king of kings and lord of lords forever. And then he makes a, a reference to John the Baptist. And this is a, a messianic reference because they understood Elijah. Elijah was supposed to come before the Messiah came. It says so in, in Malachi 4. That, that Elijah was going to come before the Messiah. Well, John the Baptist was called the spirit of Elijah by Jesus in Matthew 17. So we have this connection of the, this is the Messiah because all of God's promises have been leading to him. Everything, your history is his story of Jesus coming. That's what Paul's telling them. Jesus is the promised Messiah because he came in the way God planned. Jesus was not a plan B. He was not, well, God didn't say, well, I got to do something now. What do I do with this? He has, a, he has had a plan from the beginning and we see it all the way through the history of Israel. We can back up and see the history of Israel as his story, the story of redemption bringing Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the Savior. So this is our path to redemption. Verse 23 says, for, for, From this man's descendants, David's descendants, as he promised, God brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment 
of the promise to David. Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment and culmination of the plan of redemption that God started in the Exodus. He started all the way back there, and and all of Israel's history is God's story of redemption. Now, God God remained faithful to Israel all the way through all of that. You, You notice Paul said, and he put up with them in the wilderness. God stayed faithful to them all the way through, just as he does us. He is faithful to his promise of redemption, even when we're not faithful, even when we stray, even when we're in times of disobedience, God remains faithful, faithful to the plan, faithful to the path, faithful to the promise of redemption. And so he brings us Jesus. Jesus, the Savior our world needs. The Savior each and every one of us needs. The Messiah. The one that's been promised. The one that fulfilled the promise. Jesus Christ. So I want you to think this morning about your path of redemption. Because it didn't start the first time you heard the name Jesus, did it? It started long ago. And I want you to look back at your history and understand your history as his story. Look with theological eyes at how God has brought you to today. How his plan of redemption has included many twists and turns. It's included many times of, uh, that you were disobedient. Many times that, that you strayed. Many times that, that it seemed like you were out of touch with God. But he's brought you to today because his, his plan will succeed. His plan for you will succeed. So can, is, can you look at your history and see his story in your life? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and consider that question. Can you see his story in your life, your history, the things that you've been through, the things that you've done, the times that God has provided for you and has protected you and has brought you to himself, that he led you through the wilderness to today. Can you see his story in your personal history? Father, we thank you for this history where we can see your story of redemption. Help us to see those points in our own lives. Help us to see the times that we were wandering, that we were disobedient, that, that, that we were enslaved to sin. Help us to see those times in our lives as your story in us. Keep us mindful of your plan of redemption in our life. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Uh, promises just.